You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is December 10th, 2020. By the time you hear this, some of my predictions may be on their way to coming true. So first, last night, I was introduced to the new drug that will probably be the end of podcasts. It's called Clubhouse. Oh my God, it's a new social networking thing. I'm addicted. I was up till two or three in the morning just listening to conversations and bouncing from room to room. So that's my first prediction. My next prediction is that my next guest is the uh, future mayor of Indianapolis. <clears throat> so join me in welcoming Ifanye Chukwu Osili, or as he is known to his constituents as the president of the city council of Indianapolis, VOP Osili for Voice of the People. Hello, VOP. Tanya, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. How <laughs> dare you think I wouldn't remember your name? <laughs> Uh, it's got so many letters in it. Sometimes I can't remember it. <laughs> so, uh. so, you know, I told you before you came in, we have to talk politics because you're at the center of it. You can give us some Nigerian politics. You can give us some Indiana politics. And then you can give us some VOP politics. Tell us what is going on in the world. Well, I tell you what, I'll start with Indianapolis. Uh, this year has been a, a, an amazing one for reawakening. There's no two ways about it. Last year, though, even before this started, you know, I, I determined with uh, with uh, with our mayor that we were going to change the way that we handled equity, that we were going to address it. And let's just start talking about it. Let's normalize that discussion. So we were six months ahead of the reawakening when it happened, already putting stuff into place. You know, Indianapolis is 200 years old. For the first time in our history, every single budget, every single department head, every agency that came to us, because we have to approve all funding right, on the city council. We approve all funding. We got, you know, a billion something, you know, uh, annual budget. Every single agency had to present its own equity plan. One, as a baseline, who do you have? How are you hired? What are the salaries, et cetera? And how are you spending your money to, to, to basically uh, embed equity into how we are uh, using our, our taxpayer dollars? So now we have a baseline this year that we can then compare against next year. What improvements are we making to ensure that we have measurable outcomes, measurable differences in achieving equity and equitable outcomes with, with the uses of our, of, of our dollars? And then, of course, we have public safety. Um, and we have talked about it 
not as uh, uh, obviously not defund the police because we're not even we're not even going down that road. <laughs> but we we're not even going down that road. Well, but wait a minute. But defund the police just means take some of the money away from them and put it into other services. Well, how about we just how about first of all we determine what are the needs of public safety, right? Because you know I, I've got an aged mother, as you very well know. She's in her nineties, right? Um, there is a large contingent of folk who still need to know that when they pick up the phone, the police are there. So let's determine what are the essentials that they need to perform their duties, right? And then let's see what other funding we need to deal with issues of mental health and trauma and, 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 and so on. So when I go down this road, as, I, as, as I'm about to go down this road with you, we look at it as putting sort of public back in public safety. What we've done here in Indianapolis, and we were told it was like the first, but it may not be, the body that determines police policy has always been determined by a small group of those already in law enforcement with no oversight, no engagement, nothing from the general public. We have now created something called the General Orders Board, where we have a majority of civilians who will help to determine police policy. So that the, the policies that we see and that we question and we say, well, how, how, why is that allowable? We at least now will have an open door so that we determine how we even got there and then accountability for those results. That to me is enormous. Now, it, it came at a, at a political cost. There, there, there are a lot of folks who are probably not as excited about that as, as I am and, and most of our civilians out here are. But having the voice of the people engaged in police policy determination and creation. I think and do you mean voice of the people, Vop? <laughs> uh, love you, baby. Love you. No, no, but... Uh, but yeah, but no, 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 no. But we created that this year um, just so that we start to have better police community relations. How do we build up a trust that is not there? And I know that you are the daughter of a police officer. And I, I know where you stand. A lot. <laughs> so, you know, you're almost like uh, like our test case. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, uh, our, uh, the, the one that we've got to be able to say, Tanya, if we did X, Y, Z, would this help to reestablish a, a baseline of trust so that you have a voice in how we're policed? I mean, the whole idea about putting the public back in public safety is the bottom line. And we have so much distrust in our communities across this country. And we got a lot of distrust here in Indianapolis. And we got to do better about that. We have to, yeah. we, co we coexist. Um, and we can do it ugly or we can do it pretty. Or we can just, but, but we got to do it. And let's move away from ugly. Let's see if we can get along in a way that says, you've got your role. Uh, here's our expectation of you. And then those things that you have no business doing, stop doing. We're not going to ask you to be a marriage counselor. You know, we're not going to ask you to, 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 to get the cat out of the tree. You deal with public safety. We'll find the funds to deal with those other elements. So when we talk about defund the police, it is more a matter of what are those elements that you all are doing that you shouldn't be doing. Now you've been doing them because you were the you were the default. But let's work on those other things, uh, and 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 get that baseline built up. 
get that foundation built up. Now you're in a state where that's going to be hard. Okay. I mean, I was talking with some people from the Franklin foundation and they were telling me how in 2016, when they uh, actually, it wasn't the Franklin foundation at that time because the Franklin foundation is new. These people who started this new organization said that in 2016, Pence, and what was Pence, your governor then? Pence was our governor um, in 2016. He sent the sheriffs to a voter registration office. They lined up everybody up against the wall. They took all their machines. They went to the person who was running that office and said, you're going to tell us what irregularities are going on here, or we are going to go to your house and find the drugs. And so they shut that voter registration office down and 10,000 people did not get even registered to vote. You know, what are you going to do about stuff like that? That's not police. <clears throat> That's not police. It's about accountability. And then this reawakening, uh, normalizing the, the discussion about bias and um, an entitlement. But you're uh, in a city and the rest of your state is not going to support your city. I mean, in Indiana is, is supporting Texas going to the Supreme Court. To- I know that. I know that. I know that. In fact, we were the first state to declare for, for Trump this year. I mean, literally, 6.09 p.m., we were the first state. They didn't buy, you don't even have to count the votes here. We understand that this is how we roll. But that's, you know, that's all well and good. But there is a governor right now uh, who does get it. There's a governor you know, right now and a, and a, and a state house, too, that has uh, an understanding. We, we're not going to continue to do the stuff that we used to do because we can't get away with the stuff that we used to get away with without being called out. But calling then, out is not enough, really. It, listen, it. It's called accountability, and we got to do it. There's no other way around it. We don't have, you know, we're not going to have a, a coup in the state of Indiana, right? We well, have one in the, in, the, in the United States right now. Yeah, well, we don't roll like that here in Indiana. So we're this big blue island in the, in the sea of red. And it does take, uh, it takes, it takes a, an ability to sit with folks and talk through it in a reasonable manner. Well, Limbaugh was calling for you all to secede. Okay, so um, so Limbaugh doesn't really govern kind of, you know, Indiana. And we do have a moderate as a governor. Now, in the days of Pence, that was, I could not have said that. We have a moderate in State House. And we've got a pretty moderate um, uh, head of um, uh, the Senate and and, and Speaker of the House, folks who will listen. and 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 make and, and take action. So while this iron is still hot, it, it's it's why we're doing these things. Now we we also don't have. Uh, uh, I'll tell you, we don't have home rule, which means that today, or or January first when they take office, they could say Indianapolis, you no longer even have a city council. We're running here. We're running all your stuff. Oh yeah, we used to have twenty nine uh, uh, city councilors, right? And then when we started having an, a majority of the council, you know, we had four at-large members. They were all Democrat. And our numbers were, were pretty great. Well, just one day they woke up and said, we're getting rid of, you know, your at-larges. You really don't need them, right? So it was just before an election. And when they took away those four, we would have had all the seats stayed as they were. We would have lost our majority as, a Democrat, as, as Democrats. But we worked really hard, and we ended up with majority that year. Now, our city is, is pretty progressive. Right now, we have 25 city councilors, 20 of whom 
are Democrats. Now, I don't know how specifically you're going to feel about that. Like, what happened, right? Indianapolis used to be red. And, you know, at, at the end of the day, it's, this is a Democratic city and, and, and progress has happened. And it's now you know, just really a Democratic city. But cities in general tend to be Democratic, like Chicago and, and Illinois, which is pretty red. Yeah. And New York. Yeah, well, and, Illinois is blue. Don't even try. Illinois well, blue. but because so many people live in Chicago, Chicago, but the rest of the state does not vote blue. So that's the case here. That's the case here. So that's why. We don't we don't have the power even to have a coup if there was such a thing as a state coup, right? Um, so what it does take is folks being rational and having and having those discussions about how do we progress forward. You know, do not take the powers away from the city of, of Indianapolis, which is your capital, which is in fact where the capital sits. The capital sits in my own district downtown. You know, I represent much of downtown. Um, it requires us to have those discussions uh, about how we move forward in a way that is equitable. And if you don't like equity, please, please determine. And, so and now you got to define why. equity. You keep using this word. So I want to know what it means to you. Um, it means that there, there are the same opportunities and the same opportunities for outcomes for every single um, uh, citizen and resident of the state of Indiana. Okay. I, I, I want to, I want to really want to play with this with you because you know, once I was talking with Michael Eric Dyson and he and, and and we were on a panel and someone from the audience who happened to be Caucasian said, you know, how what can we do? How can we help? And Michael said, you know, I just want a, a, an average black person to have the same opportunities as mediocre white people. Now, how can we switch the equity of that? Because that's really about people giving jobs to friends or to children of friends, or to family members. I mean, this whole thing of internships. You can't be an intern and work for free unless you're already from a wealthy family that's going to support you while you're working for free. And that's the pipeline to being the boss. Yeah, How do true. you put equity there? You put equity there by accountability and by making all of your decisions as public as possible. It is incredibly but, hard. But Tanya, it is incredibly hard to defend bigotry. It is incredibly hard in a room full of somewhat reasonable people. Now, when you get your extremes, don't even open your mouth. There's no point, right? But, might, but that's who there. you're going to have. I'm going to defend bigotry right now. Well, there just aren't enough black people who know how to do what we do here at this company. And then we don't it. have time to train it. them. Then prove it. It's a step-by-step -step process. The, last year, we did um, our, our, our equity study, basically, um, for the city of Indianapolis, which was how do we procure in an equitable manner? First of all, who are we procuring from for all of our city contracts? And let's look at the capacity that we have in the city of Indianapolis, both for minority businesses and women businesses and veteran-owned businesses and disabled-owned uh, disabled businesses. What capacity do we have? And then who are we actually contracting with? If you don't have the data to back it up, it's my opinion against yours. But if you see that data, how do you, you know, you can, of course, argue and say, well, I, I just, I like it the way it is. And that's, and that's the way it is, right? You can do that. I mean, that's up to you. But in a room full of like maybe four reasonable people out of 10, it's going to be hard to sway and, and stand firm on that. Uh, it just doesn't work. Now, I'm not, we're not in an extreme red state. We are in a red state. So we're in a moderate red state. And I thank God for that. If I'm going to be in any red state, let it at least be a moderate red state where there are people right now, at least in leadership, who have an ability to hear, to see data, to be challenged on that data. And then we sit back and watch and say, now, what are you going to do with it? Here, here is the direction that we're taking. Are you going to fight us on this? 
Are you going to work with us on this so that we so that we fulfill what we have said we're we're here to fulfill, and that is an opportunity and 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 uh, I would say an, an equal opportunity, which is very difficult to 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 outline for outcomes. What is my outcome going to look like? Do I have the same ability? So even right now, just yesterday we were talking about internships and the fact that we have to put money now into internships. We now have changing the way that we are recruiting for city internships so that it's not just restricted to, to the state of Indiana. Um, and that's the way we've done it. Because we are now looking for HBCUs um, and also you know, our, 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 our predominantly sort of you know, uh, Latinx uh, uh, higher educational uh, institutions so that we can start to recruit from them as well. So that our offices, the administration, the council, the agencies, the departments, uh, have a pipeline of people of color that reflect really the body of Indianapolis. Indianapolis has 29% black people, right? I think it's 8%, you know, Latinx people. We are fast approaching a majority of people of color in the city of Indianapolis. You know, you think about Indianapolis, you think it's out in the, out, out in the prairies and, you know, everybody's got to be just I'm sure it's just maybe 5% of black people. We have an enormous number here. Um, our, our government and therefore, our institutions need to reflect that. And that's a discussion we started having last year. In fact, we, we engaged in an organization called uh, the Government Alliance on Race and Equity. They've been doing this across the country, working within local governments to help them map out a course so that they, can, so that they work towards achieving equity and equitable outcomes for all of the residents. And, you just and, being so politician. I got to get you off this politician thing here. I, so we're going to Nigeria. We're going to Nigeria then. That'll oh, get girl. you off this politician thing. <laughs> so as a Nigerian national, please help me understand see, these massacres see. that are going on. See, see. Now, don't forget. Now, before, before you mess me up in my American <laughs> home, I am an American citizen born of an American that. mother. <laughs> I know this all true, but you also have some roots. It's on true. the continent. It's true. It's true. It's true. Aren't you a king or something? See, a I prince? Will. You know what I'm saying? Um, what uh, what we're seeing for the, I think what the rest of the world is seeing is what Nigeria, I think, is known for a long time. And that is that um, uh, there is not accountability in military force, in military use. Uh, there's not accountability in policing. And because of, of the, the social media, now everyone knows uh the level of force and violence that can be meted out on protesters um and that's something that is difficult for a country like nigeria to be seen in that light now um this has been a year of awakening globally but nigeria so yeah is i mean SARS happened, you're an oil rich nation uh, yes. so this is a wealthy nation and we are seeing police just shooting peaceful protesters. Like, how does that stop? Yes. I mean, because I'm like, this it, might be the foreshadowing stops. of America. It stops because others now see it and there's no way to deny it. Just like who would have thought that the murder of, of George up in, in Minneapolis would have turned this world upside down. But it's because we saw it and we saw the cool callous hatred and ugliness of it for eight and a half minutes. Those things become almost impossible to ignore. I mean, how else can you explain this? Now there is this awakening of, you mean this stuff's going on? I, I don't see an awakening. On? I'm not seeing it. I'm it, honestly there. not I'm seeing it. Right now, it is there. 
Nigeria, for the, for the president of Nigeria to finally come out and say, we probably used too much force, unheard of. You know, my father was in government over there. You can be sure that the military governors, you can be sure that the military governors and the military president would never have owned up to a thing. They could have beaten someone on his front step, shot them, you know, massacred, decapitated, and he'd have been looking at the camera like, like Mr. Chauvin, like Officer Chauvin, like, who are you going to believe, me or your lying eyes? But this, we can't get away from, and all the young folks who post about this and the disgrace that comes with this. Nigeria is an oil-rich nation, which unfortunately did not invest its money wisely. It invested its money strictly in oil. It never diversified. And now with oil being, you know, uh, now with oil not. We're not, we're trying to get to our green to get, yeah, we're trying to go green. It's, it's just not happening. So, you know, if you, if, if you think about a country like UAE, where they invested their money, like in, you know, in, in Dubai and Abu Dhabi, Nigeria could have been like that. But we also have some other challenges of transparency on the, in the use of those funds. You know what I'm saying? Transparency of the use of those funds with people who have the ability to move those funds into places that maybe work for the public good. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. How's so, that? What, okay. So you have some you have some personal connections between two very different styles of government. Yes. The the American so called democracy is Nigeria also democracy. Mm-hmm. Is it, they are both democracies, a a democratic republic. republic. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, it seems like you're implying that there's a lot of, uh, that the corruption is more than there is in America, but the corruption here is is pretty extreme. It is, and we heard, and we we saw it during the Trump administration, right? Um, But the, 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 the difference is the volume. So here in America, it would have been tough for Donald Trump to have put two to three billion dollars from from the central bank, um, the Federal Reserve, into his own pocket, it wasn't as difficult in Nigeria <laughs> for for people. It just it didn't quite have as many checks and balances to make that virtually impossible. So the kind of corruption we see is on the sort of thousands and tens of tens of thousands, and you know people get prosecuted for for having st- stolen fifty thousand dollars. When Spiro Agnew in 1973, I think, um, you know, had to, had to resign, uh, I think there was some issue with him and, 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 and funding. Uh, it might have been like $14,000 or something. I don't remember what it was. I remember fathers of friends of mine laughing that 
the vice president of, of the United States has to step down for $14,000. Mm. Our, our drivers collect more than that for having taken us to collect more money than that. So it's the volume of how much gets, how much is not transparently lost in, in the paperwork. I mean, that's the difference. So it happens here in America, but it was a little bit more blatant, a lot more blatant then during that time. I can't say what it is now, but it was pretty blatant in its time. Hmm. So is, is um, mayor, what, is that the aspiration or is it governor or is it president? Right now, to be frank with you, it is to be the very best council president and the best counselor that I can be. And then what, what comes <laughs> next? Spoken like a true politician. And from the heart. I mean it. And from the heart. And from the Spoken heart. Spoken like a true politician right there. <laughs> I'm just telling you right now. I'm telling you from the heart. That's it. That's it. That's well, it. then let's talk about your film debut. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> How are your constituents going to feel about your film debut so in I, the horror film Red Pill? I I showed that to someone and they're like, yeah, "Is that you with a noose around your neck? Are you <laughs> are you crazy? <laughs> that could be the end of you. What are you? <laughs> Not in 2020. Oh no. Oh no. Uh 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 uh. Someone actually say, "Can you can you call Tanya and ask if she could use like maybe another still? Not with you." <laughs> That was a blast, though. I tell you, I love that. Oh my god, oh my god! I didn't even know that I could like scream. You know what I'm saying? Or in boats like that. But it came naturally. I'm like, damn, I'm, I got this. <laughs> you ready to be in movie number two? Huh? Oh, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? This one with a speaking role. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that was fantastic. I loved it. <laughs> Well, I'll take you for that opportunity. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, how's that coming? Uh, we're 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 very close to the end of post. All the VFXs now we're at the you know VFX and sound and color and hopefully it'll be out by the new year. And mm-hmm. the thing is, you know, we had hoped we'd have it out by election, but it's going to be as relevant after it's, election. It's relevant after because, inauguration. Thank you. Thank it's, you. it's still the same world. <laughs> And still as poignant. I mean, still incredibly poignant, especially whatever happens on January 20th, you know, up to January. We got to get through December 14th. Okay, good point. My my bad. Absolutely <laughs> my bad. My bad. Who would have thought this would happen in America? This is a third world kind of action. I did. I wrote it in my movie. I knew it was going to happen. <laughs> I saw this. That's why my movie says it. All this is in the movie. <laughs> I know, but it was a movie, right? It was science fiction or it was fiction. Who would have thought America would be in a position like this? We've always I thought America would be in this prediction because this, when you let someone like that have the keys to the kingdom, you can't take them back. Tell me about it. Wow. Um, I just never would have thought it. It has, it has changed the perception, I think, of America. It's shown that America is vulnerable. It is vulnerable to the same kinds of, of, of bad actions uh, that you see in third world countries. That we have allowed but this and tolerated this. We've and been doing this bad action since America began. I mean, I feel like we're not vulnerable in the sense that geographically, who's going to come for us? Yeah, well, you don't even have to deal with that when we have the you know uh, ballistic missiles that can go you know twice around the world. But the thought that America would fall to this level, where we have someone who is talking about who is who is 
uh, rocking the foundations of our institutions, our voting and our electoral, uh, uh, electoral system. Who would have thought that, that we could be prey to that in America? I would, because I we've been prey to it. I just we have been praying to it. The Republicans have been trying to keep black people from voting forever. They were lynching us for voting. They were planting, you know, th- yeah, th- for me, this is like, this is not new. It's true. it's true. It's true. You know, you're right. You're right. You're right. We we have been at it. It's just been another form of it. And never so blatant that the rest of the world can say, like, are you serious? This is this time of reawakening. I know that you don't agree that we are in a re- re- reawakening. But at least from my, from my vantage point here in local government, I do see it. We are in a new place. And some white people are willing to give up some power over there in Indianapolis. They're like, oh, here, you have some wealth. I've had so much wealth. I have more wealth than I could ever use in my lifetime. Here, you have some. Is that happening in Indianapolis? It's not a give away. It <laughs> is, and I'm not going to say it's a takeaway. But for example, we have an office here. It's called the Office of Minority Women Business Development. Um, and its job basically has been to look at how we procure. It's never had any tooth to it. You know, we make all these commitments when we uh, when we sign the documents that we're going to perform a city service. But if you did not do your due diligence to ensure that you met our goals, because, of course, we can't call them. They're not, they're not quotas, they're goals. There was no punishment. So this year we changed that. And it it shocked a lot of folks because now that office of minority women business development can step in and cut your contract. It can bar you from ever doing work with the city of Indianapolis again. So folks were like, oh, oh. Do, were you, were you serious? Did did you really mean all that stuff that was on the paper? <laughs> are, are we really supposed to make a good faith effort? Now we had some folks who did an amazing job, and we had others. And I used to, you know, you know, I'm an architect. You know, I I I worked for many many years as an architect, both here and in UAE. We had folks who worked with us like that. We would go in with them. We never heard from them once the contract came, you know came about. And I realized, you know what? That is wrong. I know what it feels like. Office is going to have the power to cut you. If you don't behave, we got somebody else standing right behind you who will. And it's that kind of stuff. So folks may not want to necessarily give it up, but we'll, we will help them give it up. How about that? Hmm. You know, I, this sounds like, you know, you make enemies when you say you're going to change things. So how do you build your coalition to move it's up? Tough. It's tough. It is tough. It is tough. It is getting folks who have a like mind who will at least agree is something fair or not fair? Can we come to that first, you know, that fun, that first junction? If we can get past that, then we have another junction that we come to, and then another and another. But we have to have a baseline. Is this right? Can you stand behind this and defend these actions for these generations? Tell me why. Hi, I'm Tanya Pinkins, and that was part one of my conversation with Indianapolis City Council President Va Osili. Come back for part two. You is kind, you is smart, you is important, you is dead. Tanya Pinkin's horror film, Red Pill, brings African-American perspective to progressive movement. We are a majority in this country, and we're gonna win the election. Do you know what the red pill is? A red pill is someone who infiltrates a group and then destroys them from the inside. This place is spooky. Some people like to live dangerously. Gas, why are you so jumpy tonight? You know what, guys? I'm gonna go back tomorrow. Did you hear about the creature woman that attacked a father and son hunting down here? I don't see the case. This place creeps me out. Ah!
think we should call the sheriff's office. The only people missing or dead are brown people? They're after all of us. What do we do, Amelia? We die. But we take some of them with us. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.